Section 35 of the Letters of Madame de Sévigné to her daughter and friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Letter 112. Paris, Wednesday, March the 23rd, 1689. I shall not retract the praises I have bestowed on the tragedy of Esther. I shall be delighted with the harmony and novelty of this spectacle as long as I live. I was in raptures with it. I found in it a thousand things so just, so well introduced and so important to a king, that I entered with uncommon spirit into the pleasure arising from the utterance in fiction and song of the most solid truths. I was affected with these various beauties, and am very far from changing my opinion, but I told you that the impression of this piece has produced its usual effect, and has brought forth a civil demur against excessive applause. I, who have read it again with pleasure, suppose that the critics are routed, as Monsieur Degbon will be with his demur, if the Chevalier has time to press the point. The victory of the Grand Council has been brilliant and gratifying, and I doubt not that it will give you ample satisfaction. I am impatient to receive your letter upon this subject. Monsieur de Lamoignon told me again today that this advantage, gained sword in hand, was greater than we supposed. I told him he was mistaken, as we had felt the pleasure in its fullest extent. He is very much engaged in the great cause between Mademoiselle, the Prince, and the whole House of Lorraine, who have recourse to law in the same way we have. Monsieur de Lamoignon is to plead on Thursday, and the affair will be determined upon hearing. The King of England set sail on the 17th, and arrived in Ireland on the 19th. Little Mai, who accompanied him to Brest, is returned. Adieu, my beloved child. I dread an increase of distance from you. It makes me ill. I swallow this journey like a dose of medicine. The worst is that I have no time to lose. In truth, my reflections are often of the most melancholy cast. For though I submit to that providence which separates us, what will become of me if I had not the hope of seeing you again? Letter 113, The Rocks, Wednesday, June the 1st, 1689. Paulina is too fortunate in being your secretary. She learns, as I told you, to think, and express her thoughts by seeing how you express yours. She is learning the French language, which most women are ignorant of, but you take the trouble of explaining words to her which she would not understand, and by instructing her in so many subjects you relieve your own head and mine. The tediousness of dictating is not equal to the fatigue of writing, and my mind is never at rest, but when I know yours is so. Persevere, then, in instructing your daughter so properly, and in affording so great a relief to yourself and to me. 
when you are assured of my being in perfect health, you will do everything that can be done, which is to dread its interruption. This too sometimes engages my thoughts, and not finding any of those little inconveniences with which you are acquainted, I say with astonishment, I must, however, expect that this happy state will change, and I conclude that I ought, as upon all other occasions, to submit to the will of God, and believe that in inflicting ills upon me, he will give me patience. I will therefore enjoy my present lot. Letter 114, The Rocks, Sunday, July the 3rd, 1689. It is nine months, this 3rd of July, reckoning from day to day, from Sunday to Sunday, since I left you with a deluge of tears, and more than you perceived, at Charenton. Such partings are grievous and bitter, particularly when we have not much time to lose. But to turn them to our advantage, we ought to make them a period of abstinence and penance, which would be a sure means of making them salutary. It is certain that this holy economy is a favour from heaven, like all others, which we do not deserve to obtain. Nine months, then, have passed, in which I have neither seen nor embraced you, nor even heard the sound of your voice. I have not been ill. I have no particular uneasiness. I have seen fine houses, fine countries, and fine cities, Nevertheless, I must acknowledge that it appears to me nine years since I left you. I've had no letter from you this post. The delay is always a disappointment to me. Madame de Lavenin tells me that she said to Madame de Bury, with regard to Chabouillon's cause, which the last expects to gain, You have always great expectations. But one of your friends who understands these things is not of the same opinion. Ah, said she, you mean Monsieur de Flebe, but I do not believe him. And Madame de Ravedin afterward told me that Monsieur Dal is to have the honour of the civil petition. It is he, then, who is to be the solicitor. But I would not, I think, solicit with beat of drum in open court where people are convinced you have already but too much credit. We lead here, my dear Countess, the life I described to you. It is very fine weather. We are so perfumed at night with jasmines and orange flowers that in this respect I think we are in Provence. Monsieur and Madame de Chaune have written to me from Saint-Malo and constantly mention you. Write to La Troche. She cannot be consoled for your forgetfulness of her. I know not how it has happened, for you were so punctual. It is not possible that I have not informed you of the death of her husband. I expect your answer. Letter 115, The Rocks, Wednesday, October the 5th, 1689. It had never entered my brain to accuse certain iron wires in the headdress of being the cause of long faces. 
This hint would be very useful to certain persons of our acquaintance. I had heard they were very friendly, but no, quite the contrary. These two little wires press against the temples, prevent the circulation of blood, and cause abscesses. Some die in consequence. They may consider themselves fortunate, whose faces are only lengthened an L, and who become as pale as death, but young people who are more hardy may recover in time. I'm very much inclined to place this story with some others formerly related to me by the good Princess de Tarente. However, it is not amiss to know everything. I do not in the least doubt that Monsieur Lagarde, who never refused a remedy, will avail himself of that of the lady you mention. You will see him with his head upon the ground and his heels in the air, turning an affair like her. Footnote. It has already been observed that tourner une affaire was a favourite expression of Monsieur de Lagarde, back to main text. I really believe that if we were to pursue this regimen for any length of time, we should no longer have sore eyes. I have nothing to give you in return for your account of this visit. We've had a very worthy, sensible, agreeable, unaffected, learned, and in every way desirable visitor with us, a man of great endowments and capable of entering upon every subject of conversation. He has been here for a week. One of his brothers-in-law has arrived, the Abbé de Marbeuf, who spoils nothing, and a brother-in-law of the Count de Lys, who would spoil everything if he opened his lips. This is a secret, misanthropist, for he keeps his chagrin to himself. He is very well made, and sings so much like Bomabiel that he might be mistaken for him. When our worthy friend departed, everything was comparatively flat and insipid. We renewed the just observations we made in this country with you on pleasant and disagreeable company, and fixed that the disagreeable was the most desirable, their absence is a relief, whereas pleasant society leaves us dull and dejected. We cannot easily pursue the old track. In short, it is a great misfortune to associate with sensible people, but it is a misfortune that does not often happen to us. Letter 116, The Rock, Sunday, November the 13th, 1689. Your letter is not yet arrived. This is always a grief to me. Though I have in some degree got the better of the apprehensions I formerly suffered from the delay, it is the whim of the post, and we must endure it. But as I am constantly with you at Grignon, I lose the thread of the conversation. This it is that vexes me. I know not whether you go to the assembly with Monsieur de Grignon or remain at your chateau. I am very uneasy about the Chevalier's health and the effects of the bark repeated in its usual dose. Its heat operating upon that of the Chevalier's blood brings to my mind an old saying, when the brave meets the brave, they remain brave. 
We hope, therefore, that this brave bark will make the blood remain brave. God grant it may. It is very difficult to subdue. I have received a long letter from my new friend, the man-wolf Gabriak. I would have sent it to you, as his style, which is very easy, would be agreeable enough if he did not praise me so extravagantly. In fact, my modesty will not suffer it. He is so astonished to find a woman with a few good qualities and good principles who, in her youth, had some charms, that he seems to have passed his life in a whirlwind of passions among a banditti equally devoid of faith and law, where love reigned alone, despoiled of every kind of virtue. This has given rise to some very pleasant things. We are reading the history of the church by Monsieur de Godot, Couldnote Antony Godot, Bishop of Grasse and Vence, back to main text. It really is a very fine work. In what a respectable light does it place religion? We are ready to suffer martyrdom with Abadi. Everything has its turn. Corsica is very pretty and very roguish. Altri tempi, altre cure. Love me always, my dear child, but never weigh other love in the same scale with yours. Your heart is of the first order, and no one resembles it. Letter 117. The Rocks, Wednesday, January the 11th, 1690. Good heavens, what a new year's gift, what wishes, what could be more calculated to charm me. I will tell you a feeling I have just discovered in myself, if it would repay yours, I should be satisfied, for I have no other coin. Instead of the kind fears which the frequent deaths that surround you occasion, and which make you think of others, I offer you the real consolation and even the joy which frequently arise to me from my being older than you. The thought that the oldest goes first, and that I shall probably and naturally keep my rank with my dear child, constitutes the true charms of this feeling. What have I not suffered when your ill state of health made me dread a reverse of the order of nature? These were trying times. Let us talk no more of them. You are well, God be praised, and everything has resumed its natural course. God preserve you. I believe you hear my tone of voice and know me. I now come to the Chevalier. I have no hesitation in believing that the climate of Provence would agree with him better in winter than that of Paris. All those who, like swallows, fly to your sunshine, afford sufficient testimony of this, but while I rejoice in his being sensible of the difference, I am grieved at his having lost a thousand crowns of his income. And by what means? Was his regiment worth so much to him? He will sell it then to the Marquis. Footnote, the Chevalier de Grignon, attaining the rank of Field Marshal in 1688, had leave to keep his regiment that he might afterward resign in favour of the Marquis de Grignon, his nephew. Back to main text.
he will sell it then to the Marquis? But will not the money arising from it in payment of debts diminish the interest of loans? Settle this account for me, which makes me uneasy. I cannot figure to myself the Chevalier de Grignon at Paris without his genteel and neat little equipage. I cannot see him walking on foot, nor inquiring for places to Versailles. Such an idea cannot enter my head. This article is interlocutory. Ah, how happily this term of chicanery finds admittance here. Neither do I comprehend your sixty-four people besides guards. You deceive me. This cannot be your meaning. You must give me a mathematical demonstration. With regard to Paulina, you cannot surely hesitate respecting the choice you have to make between good and evil. The superiority of your understanding will easily point out to you the true road. Everything leads you to your duty, honour, conscience, and the power you possess. When I consider how much she has corrected herself in a short time to please you, and how much she has improved, you will be answerable for all the good she neglects. As to reading, you are too much engaged in conversation and discussion to attend to it. We are most quiet here, and therefore have leisure for it. I even read works I had slightly run over at Paris, and which appear quite new to me. We also read, by way of interlude to our grand lectures, scraps which we meet with, such as the fine funeral orations of Monsieur de Bossuet, Monsieur Fleschi and Monsieur Mascaron. Footnote, the bishops of Mont, Nîmes and Agen, back to main text, and Father Bourdaloue. We pay a fresh tribute of tears to Monsieur de Turenne, Madame de Montalsier, the Prince, the late Madame, and the Queen of England. We admire the portrait of Cromwell. These are masterpieces of eloquence which charm the mind. You must not say, these are old. They are not old, they are divine. Paulina should be made acquainted and delighted with them. But this is calculated solely for the rocks. I know not what book to recommend to Paulina. Davila is fine in Italian, we've read it. Giardini is very long. I should like the anecdotes of Medici's, which are an abridgment, but they are not in Italian. I will not name Bentivoglio again. Footnote Guy Bentivoglio, cardinal and author of the Civil Wars in Flanders and several other works. Back to main text. Let her confine herself to poetry. I do not like Italian prose. To Tasso. Aminto, il pastro vido, etc. I dare not add Ariosto. There is some bad passages in it. Let her also read history. Let her cherish this taste, which may long preserve her from idleness. It is to be feared that if this part of reading was suppressed, there would be scarcely anything to read. Let her begin with the life of Theodosius the Great, and let her tell me how she likes it. 
This, my child, is a letter of trifles. We set apart some days for chatting, without offence to serious matters, in which we always take a true interest. End of section 35